it's I don't know there's so many weird comics though that's the crazy thing like I was just I was just who was I talking to the other day I was talking to I'm pretty sure I was talking to Oz and we, I was trying to get them into comics and trying to like because they're not super into Marvel stuff in general right oh my god did you show them Rat Queens I did not oh my god I should show them Rat Queens you know what? That might be the perfect one. Because I was going to say, like, I haven't found the right comic to get them into, like, Marvel comics. Because everything, like, I guess not traditional, but everything that's popular right now is very much that has that, like, guise to the to to them of, like, well, I don't understand it. I wasn't in it when it first started. So I feel like it's really daunting. It's really interesting yeah. to me to think, to see that from someone so close to me. So I'm just like, I need to figure out a way rat queen sounds awesome <laughs> rat queens um and i know this is going to be very weird um suggestion but it's a fantastic comic series i mean it's not 100 percent perfect they do the stupid like dark side thing yeah. but gem and the holograms based off of the cartoon from mm -hmm. like the late 80s early 90s but it's like updated it came out like a few years ago and it's like it's nice it's beautiful happiness and it's just kind of like adorable little like slice of life like one of like the drummer and um from gem or she the guitars i can't remember but anyway one from like gems and mm -hmm. then their um rival band like totally hook up in secret and it's absolute they're just so adorable together oh. um you need but good, anyway i feel I'm like a, a good ship is girl. important i feel like a good yeah. ship's important yeah, I mean it's it's got body positivity. It's got it's got gay people. It's got just cute people. Just it's that's awesome. It's it's that's really cool. good. You know, love it. There's that's what there's... I want from like an update of something. You know, like <laughs> hmm. update it and make it gay. That's update it and make it gay. That's all I want. <laughs> I like that. pretty it's easy like... that way. <laughs> I. That's very funny. Like, you know, oh, there's another thing that I remember um, that has all of that, hopefully, but I'm waiting to see what it turns out like. That's uh, this first episode of Black Hole Tangents. Welcome, everybody. Hopefully, Son of a bitch. hopefully we're going to be updating it and making it gay. <laughs> we, we've updated. We've updated it. So welcome everybody and uh, thank you for those of you that are listening. Uh, if you are new here, because we definitely are, this is Black Hole Tangents, uh, our first official episode. Uh, please welcoming uh, the illustrious Benita. Oh my Benihana. god, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a perfect just intro. Thank you, thank you. I'm trying to bust in all the uh, DM skills that I, I can use, yeah. hopefully for presentation. <laughs> you got me good. You got me good there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And uh, and I am uh, Christian Ventura, uh, Demon Llama Rider. Those of you that want to follow either on Twitter or on Instagram, <clears throat> or follow the show at Black Hole Tangents on also Twitter and Instagram. Or Benita as well. Go ahead and... Wait, am I Clumsy Baker 15 I, I love that I'm asking you what my Instagram on, handle on is. On your Instagram, I'm pretty sure it's Clumsy Baker 15 yes. Yeah, yeah so follow, follow me there if you want. <laughs> either, either there or I think... Okay. Do you have Benita Bakes also? 
Clumsy Baker is my Twitter one, which I guess I could got you reinstall on phone <laughs> well I uninstalled twitter a couple years ago well don't worry so. about the twitters wherever any of uh, anybody wants to get at us we encourage interaction with anybody who wants to uh uh tweet at us or message us trying to have questions about the show let me uh go ahead and just finish giving this small little intro uh we are hoping that this show will be end up being our repository for all the wonderful and crazy things that we try to trail off in in our uh in our parent podcast coming from the space oddity collective so we thank them space theme if you couldn't tell exactly (laughs) but uh we're hoping that those of you that wish to uh listen to the more uh in a little bit more uh what's the word i'm looking for uh not specialized but um eclectic thoughts <laughs> like yes the more eclectic thought processes that benita and i end up bringing to the other show we don't really plan on having a filter on this one no. we may try and rein ourselves in but i think we're also just gonna let our um just random ass thoughts fly oh, yeah. so oh yeah this the the name of this one is as suggests it is a black hole it is meant to uh, suck in all the extra thoughts that we have always yeah. running. You know, a lot of people say that the uh, that the train is what is it? Their thought process, their thought train is like derailed or whatever. I feel like oh. we are doing exactly that meme of multi-track mm. drifting, one car on multiple tracks. <laughs> yeah, I was even thinking of like that scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at the very end, oh. where they're just like jumping tracks. Yeah, and going down random different tunnels and shit. That's <laughs> sort of. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, but regardless of the randomness, we are also uh, interested in trying to talk a little bit about um, some things that that we find interesting and want to find out more about each other. Because uh, personally, I know I very much always enjoy talking with Benita, and I could not have a better co-host. I think hopefully. With uh, with for to bounce not only ideas but uh, uh very random thought processes. <laughs> oh, you sweet talker, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, and uh, those of you that want to keep listening, the fuck why? But thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yes, we do. Yes, so we do. much. Well, without getting too sappy and without getting too hung up on it, uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier before podcast about um you may be having a question or something that you wanted to posit is that yeah so i thought that for a first inaugural episode instead of doing i don't want to say it's like boring question to be like ooh, what are your firsts you know mm-hmm. to coincide with the first episode mm-hmm. i thought since you know past couple of years have been pretty shit mm-hmm. for a lot of people it might be fun to just kind of find out what um, your comfort things are. So like when shit gets real rough, what do you turn to for comfort? Like what is go-to comfort like? Like comfort item, show, songs, item, stuff like show, that. show, TV show, Food. video games, <laughs> you know, anything. Like I've got Damn. a ton. Yeah. Obviously, I think if you ton. guys have joined us from 
um, Space Oddity Collective, you know my absolute obsession with Bioware games. <laughs> and those are I would definitely go-to ones yeah. for the dark times. It's like you and Desi oh. have a I wouldn't say unhealthy relationship because legitimately it is one of those things of like through the dark times it's a good thing but I feel like it's unhealthy for me personally <laughs> like I am not above calling myself out like okay but here's the real question how much of that is related to you standing Garrus okay so here's the funny thing that you bring up about that I do love Garrus but I've said this before and I'm going to say it again he's not the one you bring home to mom that's He's true. the bad boy you date, <laughs> get it out of your system, and then you marry Cade Malenko, and he's the one you bring home to mom because he's a stable fucking man that got his shit together before he ever met you. Yeah. Like, you have to fix Garrus, you do not have to fix Caden. That's the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> God, why is that so weirdly accurate? It may... yeah. like, it's please like, don't I take that as like. There's hate. I do love Garrus, but mm-hmm. like, it's sorry, very... he's at the end of the day, he's a cop, a cab. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Like you bring up, you bring up. So Mass Effect is like that that comfort game, right? So even with that kind of like that kind of what normally people would call bullshit, right? Like in if it were everyday life, where it's just like that. Damn, like who am I thinking about that love or that whatever? Like uh, most people find that not necessarily stressful but not a fun thing to enjoy but when it's in the context of the video game it's a comfort thing yeah it's kind of like so garris to me he kind of falls under like that same umbrella with like people who stand like twilight or 50 shades of gray or like you know the problematic lead that like if it were anything but mm-hmm. a super hot rich dude yeah you'd be like so it's like red flag central but like there's like so many people out there that are just like no it's hot yeah he's hot like and garris for whatever reason as the third cat looking man is hot i think it's just because of the voice actor like brandon keener i think pretty sure that's his name um has a very sexy voice so like oh, oh my god again that reminds me I'll have to like send you the things of what mm-hmm. the aliens actually sound like because oh, I swear okay. to God, Torians sound, and I do not mean any disrespect, but this is just because this was the first thing I thought of. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an angry Hitler. So if you ever heard the speeches of Hitler, <laughs> you know how like high pitched. Yeah, like the the, the cadence. Yeah. Yes. So like Yo. Torian speaking has the cadence of like angry German, but specifically high-pitched angry hitler thank you for thank you for waiting at least thank you for waiting at least 10 minutes into the birth of this podcast to mention hitler (laughs) mention hitler i know i know know how bad that is and i am genuinely sorry but so funny when i heard it was just like no No, this is what they thought Turians should sound like. No. <laughs> you know, it's. I was gonna. I, <laughs> okay, bringing it, bringing it back from from Hitler and back to Garrus, right? Garrus as a comfort character. It, it's like okay, what is it weirdly? 
I, I don't know why I'm hung up on this, but for some reason, like, I feel like I was talking to this about, uh, about this with people earlier this week. What is it about, like, instability that is, like, attractive? Because, because it's like, okay, when Garrus is unstable, that's sexy. Mm -hmm. When I'm unstable, I'm asked to get off of the counter at Denny's. It's the I can fix them feeling. Like, that is all it is. Like, psychologically, I can fix them. I can make them better. And that is, like, it's a trope for so many people, you know? Yeah. Like, you a, know, <sighs> I guess, I don't know. I think I get it. That's the thing. I think I get it. But at the same time, I've been broke a lot. So, <laughs> so it's like, I can't fix anybody. <laughs> I'm like, I am going through therapy right now, thank fucking Christ, because I'm just obviously having to come to terms with like getting rid of like mm -hmm. a lot of my trauma triggers and things like that. But that's yeah. like one of the the things is you know mm -hmm. not so much like focusing on like I can fix them, yeah. but like being like a people pleaser type yeah no, person. And so I think that also falls, like, the I can fix it one is, like, kind of falls in that. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Because it's that incessant need to help. And so that's when, like, I love Bioware games, but, like, that's one of the things that, like, mm -hmm. wish they would kind of fix. Because so many of the characters you know and love, mm -hmm. you have to fix them. You have yeah. to help fix them the whole game <laughs> I, is about fixing their psyches before you fix everyone else's yeah, problems and that's why so many, so many people even... on the internet like shit on Kate and Alenko, and they're like i would rather pick the racist ashley because she at least has a character and it's again because she is someone you have to fix like yeah. everybody on that first in that first game you have to help them in some way you have to help Fucking Rex get his family armor back. You yep. have to help Tally with her pilgrimage. You gotta help Garrus be like, bro, no, do not shoot a fucking plane filled with hostages and one bad guy just so you can make sure to kill the bad guy. That's bad, sir. Yeah. It's, it's like the ends do not justify the means in that one. Yeah. And then you have to do that whole thing all over again with him in Mass Effect 2, which is yeah. very irritating for me because, one, I hate repeating myself, but, two, <laughs> I also hate repeating myself when I'm like, bro, I thought you learned this lesson two years ago. Yeah. The fuck? It's like, okay. why are you trying to assassinate this guy? Like, please, I, I thought we talked about not, this. <laughs> do not have to beat this man and attempt to break his neck it's to like, get please... information out of him, sir. <laughs> Garrus, put sir. the victim down. <laughs> one foot off of his neck thank you <laughs> um, I'm just picturing imagine if that's what that scene played out like where Garrus is like actively trying to like murder the dude and Shepard just comes in and is like Garrus 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 get your foot off of his neck please I, like watch him try to I, handle him like Chris Pratt in fucking Jurassic World or some shit oh my god <laughs> Okay, blue, especially since his armor is blue it's literally blue in the second game it's literally blue <laughs> He's just like, okay, blue, blue. <laughs> I go to a different movie. You're my boy, blue. <sighs> oh, oh, God. So, anyway, those just one of my comfort. No, things. that's a really um, good. That's a really good comfort. How about you? You know, for me, I'm not gonna. Uh, I have a lot of stereotypical comfort shows, but I'm not gonna focus on like those because. Everybody's comfort show is The Office. Everybody's comfort show is like 
uh, uh, Parks and Rec. Not every... Okay, wait. Okay, perfect. Not everyone, including you, Benny, apparently. Was I, I was doing the... Um the neck motion you know the slicing yeah. of the neck and oh, shaking yeah. my head for <laughs> podcast people we're not recording for video i'm so sorry <laughs> Don't worry. we will we will hopefully hopefully at some point in the future but for now it's audio only but yes <laughs> yeah. i am apparently just uh one of those strange people that just could not get into the office that is fine or you have taste and rack. <laughs> yeah. that means your taste is still intact <laughs> i've been told that i need to like almost skip the first season of Parks and Rec and kind of jump into season two. Honestly, it's I'd like... say that's safe. Yeah, that's so. safe. <laughs> but I do not want to shit on your comfort stuff. Like, oh, so... no, I was oh, going to oh, say, that's not even, that's not even the, the stuff, that's not even the stuff that I was going to like mainly talk about because honestly, I feel like there's not too much to really talk about those as far as like individual comfort shows. But when I think about like, I've been really thinking about it because in the terms of video games, one that I can always come back to that I really, really like is Castle Crashers for some reason. Like, oh, I don't think I've played that one. Castle Crashers is a is a game by Behemoth. They're the same ones that did Alien Hominid HD, and uh, and what was the other one they did? They did another major one, but basically they're they're Shovel they're. Shovel Knight was that them or no? No, not it wasn't Shovel Knight. Um, what was the other one that they did? I on Battle Block Theater. That's the other one they did. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Like, they're, but uh, their game, Castle Crashers, for some reason, it's like, I remember playing that game, I want to say, maybe 2007, 2006-ish. And that was, like, that party, like, side-scroller, like, brawl game that I always had fun with on my own. And it was weirdly always available to me. So I feel like it's one of those games where if I've played if I've played it with you, because it can be up to four people co-op, if I've played it with you, you're probably one of the people I trust the most. <laughs> okay. Because okay. I don't think I've... It's not even like a, oh, I don't play that game with anyone. It's just that I don't remember that game until I legitimately am, like, really depressed. And then it's that thing <gasps> that I always have that's always easy enough to download, that's always, like, very a very simple premise. And easy to easy to play hard to master okay yeah it's one of those and i think i think part of the reason that i i like it is because like any comfort thing right why is it a comfort item i think it's because at least with shows and video games like especially with people with like adhd and like other tendencies like that um <clears throat> it, it's comforting to know that these are the things that cause you serotonin in specific ways that you will always know will hit that you enjoy regardless of whether or not it's a surprise or not because you have that like ability to remember that like euphoria that you experienced the like when you experienced the 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 product again and i feel like hitting those beats and knowing what's going to happen is a comfort for like a lot of people with anxiety or different things like that where the constant worry is I don't know what's constantly happening I don't know what's going on I can't control nothing but I know what's happening here I know this makes me laugh I know I enjoy this or I know I'm going to experience this emotion in ways that I want to or like in yeah. controlled ways that I can handle yeah that's, it's so that's so true because I was so mad that my friend I don't want to say made me watch but we had watched arcane together because she was like you're gonna fucking love this show it's amazing mm -hmm. and it is 
it is such a good show, mm-hmm. but that fucking last episode carves you out Ouch. from the inside. Oh, I'm just like, see, this is this is why. I, yeah. I'm like I I go and watch Steven Universe for the tenth fucking millionth time, or <laughs> Shit's Creek, like. Shit's Creek. As soon as I finished that show, mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as I started watching that show, I was oh, like, yeah. "This show's fucking something special." Oh, and yeah. then just how beautifully they wrapped up series, like it's instant, instant comfort show for it's, me. Yeah, it's very, it's very rare to get those like comforting ends, especially recently. Yes. Like I. I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea, like I said, like with The Officer, Parks and Rec, but like, have you seen The Good Place? Yes. I haven't finished it though, like. Okay. So I won't, I won't spoil the ending. I won't spoil the ending, but that's also a show uh, created by the same creators that did The Office and uh, Parks and Rec. And with all three of those, those endings like wrap and hit in a very weirdly satisfying way that I just feel very comforted in like the good place had four seasons i won't spoil the ending but i will tell you i have never felt more sad but mournfully happy about the way that that show ends okay like it is actually worth it and it it hits in a very weird level especially for anyone with religious trauma (laughs) oh my god fuck okay exactly (laughs) I'm gonna warn you. There, like, it's not even like a, it's not even like an overtly religious thing, but I feel like it hits on a in a way where like anybody who, who had gone through like intense religious conditioning when they were younger, it's it feels like one of those things where it's like almost wrong to observe that ending, but very comforting in the very real human way that they handled it. Yeah. It's so funny that you bring that because it just reminded me of um, Midnight Mass and how, like, with Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. it's like people either got it or they didn't. Yeah. So, like, people that didn't grow up with religious trauma were like, what the fuck is this show? It's not even that scary. What the hell are you talking yeah. about? And I'm just like, oh, sweet baby child. Oh, yeah, no. If <laughs> I could. It's like. Even just a sliver of your un traumatic right i mean i'm sure their childhood was probably traumatic in its own way but oh, they yeah. just didn't have that religious trauma yeah religious trauma is its own flavor you know it just <laughs> oh god like, i don't know if i've mentioned it on the other program on the other podcast but i i was raised and grew up um extremely jehovah's witness <gasps> so it's like so there you know i mean i don't know if you're familiar with any other religion or not but uh, but a lot of people say it's one of the more intense ones. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I was stuck between Christianity and Catholicism, so I had my own brain. It was like <laughs> right in between the two big ones. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. That I think my my dad was raised traditionally Catholic and then converted to um, and then converted to uh, Jehovah's Witness. Uh, which is its own form of Christianity, but it's like so he yeah yeah that that religious trauma a, yo. <laughs> I have a funny story for you about Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness. So you know they're 
basically door to door salesman. Yeah, I, I did that. I did that when I was oh I, starting when God. I was like six. Six. <laughs> yeah, they would make me not walk up to doors and be like, and my, I literally remember my mom telling me, "Be like, hey, you should go up to the door because it's less likely they're gonna slam the door in your face." <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, I used to I used to be what was called a unbaptized publisher and I had a quota. I had a literal quota. And and like it was one of those things. Yeah. I keep hitting my mic with my hands and I'm so sorry, but like Jesus sorry. Christ. <laughs> I fully I like it was very funny to me to learn or have to go to like speech classes in college. Because it was like, oh, okay, basically learning how to give a speech in front of people and stuff like that. I was like, bro, I've been doing this since I was six. I remember having to, like, get up in front of my congregation in front of, like, 200 people and read passages from the Bible, like, on a mic. I remember doing that stuff. <laughs> I have photos of it. Wow. I have photos of it, and it was like I was so tiny that they had to put a box for me to stand on to reach the mic even after they, like, put it over the, the lectern. Wow, but I was never I was never baptized, so technically I've never been quote unquote like excommunicated or anything like that. I just don't associate myself with the religion anymore, nor practice. Wow, that's some shit right there, bro. Yo, that's some shit. But okay, Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your point. Get a giggle out of this then, because one of one of my previous apartments mm -hmm. I lived at um there's a knock at the door and sadly like the door they had didn't have like a peephole so literally had to open the door to know who was there mm -hmm. it's a fucking sketch ass apartment but anyway mm -hmm. um and so like I answer the door and it's a couple of Jehovah's Witness people mm -hmm. but I have a um true crime documentary going on TV and they were talking about Ted Bundy and as I open the door just loudly from the TV you hear about him dismembering the bodies and then putting the heads in the fridge to save for later to cook like for later and then this woman's just staring at me like would you like to hear about like whatever the fuck she said and then she gave yeah. me like all these papers and I'm like I'm not interested thank you but like they kept coming back yeah. and leaving like sticky notes on my door like the big pad sticky yeah. notes just <laughs> trying to save my soul yeah. because I was watching serial killer I'm, documentaries like there's some real stuff behind that that's so funny because I can imagine it from their perspective what they probably did was not home <laughs> because the thing is like the way that they do that right i don't know about how long ago that was but when i was taught and stuff like that and when when like like the 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 congregations that i had and stuff the way that we did it was that when we would go through our territories if we we would only knock up until someone told us i'm not interested and we would leave it at that 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 was enough so, like, if someone were to tell me, like, oh, I'm not interested, I'd be like, okay, no problem. And as we leave, I would mark on my paper, because every one of them's got the papers, mm -hmm. I'd mark on my paper, not interested, and then we don't return. And that's it. But then there's a, that's why it makes me laugh when sometimes people are like, I'm just going to ignore them. I'm like, legitimately, if you just open the door and tell them you're not interested, they'll stop. 
or they're supposed to at least the only reason the only reason that it may be different is because sometimes there's an overseer that comes to the congregation and then they're like oh shoot well we need to recheck now and see because we keep coming back every couple of months in case someone moved or someone changed addresses or something. Oh. But it's not because it's like, hey, we didn't believe them before. It's like, it's been a couple of months. The address could have changed. It could have been someone different. Or someone else in the house may be interested if there's someone else. But, yeah, like, DNR had... is do not return. And there are I... moments where it's like, do not return. <laughs> just had the thought that, yeah, it was because she heard me listening to bodies being dismembered and yeah. shit like that she's like i gotta save this fucking bitch yep like, yeah i guarantee you there there's there's that was probably the thought process there i gotta save this person um i'm like there there is no saving me sweetie i am i think one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me and it wasn't even something out of, at the door like i was preaching with my cousin and we got like we were fighting about something and i forgot exactly what it was and he like took his Bible while we were walking and we're like fully dressed up and stuff, right? We're walking and he takes his Bible and he slaps me in the face with it. And he's like, and I'm like, what did you do that for? And he's like, the truth hurts, don't it? <laughs> he goes, the truth hurts, don't it? I was like, It wasn't, like, us fighting over religious things or anything like that. It was just, like, oh. me and my cousin just being young and dumb and fighting over something yeah. stupid. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Slapped like... with the word of God. <laughs> it's like, I've read that book and been hit by it. It's fucking, oh yeah, my that shit's funny. It's, it's so funny. I don't know why this is the tangent we got on. But... Hey, it's so funny but if you would like me to jump from religious trauma to family trauma because my new comfort movie is oh. motherfucking Encanto oh my god okay so I finally saw Encanto I saw Encanto in Oregon with Oz like okay that 100% it makes sense why it's a comfort movie it makes sense oh so like I remember Ray was like I can only watch it one time because it's like too real for him the mm -hmm. trauma's too real which I understand mm -hmm. but that's another one a lot like fucking um, Midnight Mass where I'm like if you didn't have family trauma you're mm -hmm. not gonna understand this or if you were the one that was passing on the family trauma you are not gonna like oh it. My god. Oh my god like, oh my god oh my god oh my god okay sorry I don't mean to cut you off I just need no, to say something okay. about that. No. Okay, like, what? I literally asked my dad the other day. I was like, hey, did you watch that movie Encanto? <laughs> I, was, I asked my dad and my stepmom. And I'm like, hey, did you guys watch Encanto? And they're like, yeah, we saw it. I was like, what'd you think? They're like, eh, we didn't like it. <laughs> and I was like, no wonder. <laughs> and I asked him, I'm like, I was like, I was like, oh, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, um, so why, why didn't you like it? I mean, but, honestly, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Like, I, I thought yeah. it was a really good representation and this and that. And I'm like, why, why didn't you like it? They're like, yeah. does it? It's, it's too not believable. There's so much magic. <laughs> That's all they said. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're telling me that it's too much magic. It's a, a Disney, Disney movie. A Disney movie. I'm like, every magic. Disney movie has magic. I was like, that doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. to me, guys. Like, literally every Disney movie has magic. Why Why this mm -hmm. one? And they're like, well, because the magic doesn't make sense. Like, it's just, like, they're treating it like it's this kind of thing that doesn't, that, like, that doesn't need to be a thing. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> mm -hmm. 
in my head. I, exactly right. Ex okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because legitimately, there's so many of that moments. I would have accepted if they had said the most unbelievable part was obviously Abuela being like, "Yes, I fucked up. I'm so sorry." Oh yeah, but no, it's a Disney movie, obviously. Yep. IRL. She would have gone to her grave with that. That's IR yeah. IRL. Yeah. She would have thrown a fucking shoe at your face and just said, shut up. Yeah. And like, like if anything, right if anything, she would have calmed down and she would have stopped blaming you for things, but she would never admit that she was wrong and she would yeah. wait until she's dead. Just pretended like nothing changed. Yep. <laughs> but oh my God. Very dumb normal. Oh, oh my yeah. God. There were mm -hmm. so many points in that movie that got me and i think the first like the main thing like the first moment that really honest to god got me that got me to start tearing was like during um during what's his name's uh uh uh, uh door ceremony oh my god like and he was like i need you yeah and then it was like it was a hundred percent that thing of like like that connection with the cousin that he's quote unquote not supposed to have because this cousin even though there's nothing wrong with the cousin doesn't have the gift or whatever so it's yeah. literally just that thing of like you're like like you're supposed to do this on your own and then when he finds comfort in Mirabelle oh, and she yeah. goes through all that triggering shit again walking up that's the part where I actually started crying and I'm like no like yeah. I'm like no, no. <laughs> it's too much it hurts it hurts <laughs> They were so damn cute together. Yeah. Like, just... You're always amazed at, like, how, like, animated characters can have chemistry mm -hmm. together. Yep. Especially when you, like, realize, like, these actors are filming separately. <laughs> yeah. You know? They don't film together, and I'm just like, this is just magic. But, okay. Um, but yeah, that was, like, the first part I teared up at. Mm -hmm. And then just seeing where like Mirabelle as like little baby mm -hmm. like turns to look at Abuela for like what's going on yeah. and then you just know exactly like it's just like shunned like whatever like, yep it's one of those things where it's just like when when I think about it in like that perspective it's that thing where I feel like a lot of us have that moment in our lives where you feel like you're being punished for something that you had no control over and something that you literally wish that you could do that they that they just blame you for not being able to do as mm -hmm. like you and the, I think it's very well said in that metaphor not even metaphor literally well said in do you understand what I would give to do the things you guys do for this family just just that again that feeling of just like never enough mm -hmm. because like that's a universal feeling i mean mm -hmm. anyway um it's just yeah it's just god it's so just fucking great and okay i need to know which one's your favorite song you know okay one between two Mm, okay, so I don't want to say we don't talk about Bruno because I do love it. I do legitimately love it. It's a fucking bop, but I don't. I don't think it was that one. I think it was for me, honestly. I don't remember the name, 
But it was the one that was playing when Mirabel and Abuela are at the river. Oh, that's one that's nominated for the Oscar. Because that yeah. one, that one actually had me like crying. <laughs> I don't yeah. normally cry at these movies. I really don't. I'm normally fine. But this one, literally, from the beginning to end, I was like, nope, I gotta actively, I have to actively tell myself to not cry because this shit hurts way too much. Yeah. Like, oh my so, god. Like, the last two Pixar movies I cried at, like, was Coco, mm -hmm. when, obviously, at the end, he yeah. was, like, singing the song to Mama Coco. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, it was up with just that opening montage of heartache. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but this one, I cried so many different effing times in this movie. But yeah, I'm torn between two songs. And it's that one, that last song. Mm -hmm. But then also, the goddamn pressure. Pressure is really good too. It's oh just... my god. I feel like if I connect with any other like family member other than Mirabel, it would probably be the older sister for that exact song. Like the pressure thing. Yeah. Like, Louisa is great. I fucking love Louisa. It's just... It's so funny how, like... To me, personally, I feel like I... I identify as, like, all three of them. So, like, Louisa, Mirabel, mm -hmm. and, um... Oh, my God, what's Perfectionist Girls? Why am I blanking? Isabella? Oh Isabella, Isabella? Why does that not sound right for some reason? Is it Isabel? Is it just... Isabel. You know, there's going to be a community of people that hates us right now. Right? <laughs> I guarantee you that someone's going to be hitting me for this right now. Like, okay. when they hear this. But, like, <laughs> you guys, legit, there's 15 fucking characters in this movie. Like, give us a break. And I've only seen it oh. once, and I have I saw it through a foggy lens of tears. Leave me mm -hmm. alone. <laughs> I mean, I've watched it six or eight times. I don't know the number. It's one of those, but... Uh, oh my god, Julieta. That's the mom. Isabella. No, we're right, Isabella. It, it is Isabella. Okay. Isabella, yeah. All right, cool. I, it's, it's, I, I'm not going to call anyone out. Well, I mean, technically none of my family listens to this anyways. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I have a cousin that 100% reminds me of Isabella. Oh, no, like my oldest sister is... <laughs> more like Isabella like she wasn't the perfectionist like I learned like learned not to fuck up because of my older sisters and all of their fuck ups but like she was kind of like we have a running joke in the family that the golden child jumps from me to her like it mm -hmm. switches all the time no um, <laughs> yeah she's a fucking bitch she's not gonna listen to this <laughs> <laughs> and if she does she knows she's a bitch <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you'll know because right about now uh you'll be getting a text <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. you'll know you'll know <laughs> god so uh, yeah Encanto is just, such a is such a comfort show for sure man and it's so good because I also love that they just show like actual loving parents yeah like, obviously like the grandparents there's a tragic story there but they genuinely loved each other yeah that's generational trauma <laughs> but like julieta and her husband who sadly i can't remember his I name i think it's augustine 
And then you have Tia Peppa and um, damn it, her husband. Why am I blinking on both their names? Yeah, Augustina um, and Camille. No, not Camille. Oh, Camille was the was he the cousin? He was the cousin, right? Yeah. Antonio is Tonito. Antonio, that was the little baby boy. Mariano. Think so. See, this is the funny thing too, is because just like a like actual Hispanic family, God, who's who again? <laughs> Don't come at me. I do this I, with my own no. goddamn family. I do the same thing with my family, all the extended family. I'm like, I don't remember your name. I'm so sorry. And like the idea oh. that they call a certain tia tia Peppa. Dude. Oh. Like just... all, all of their powers, man. All of their powers and then thinking about them as like babies and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, the way that they like. Right. right. <laughs> then like, oh my God. And that's what, okay. So I fucking love, obviously love this movie. Um. But it's one of those great ones that makes you think. Then you're like, oh my god, no, Tia Peppa, when she was like five and had no control over her emotions. So, like, obviously, them being like railroaded in to like hide your emotions, like tamp them down, can yep. only have happy stuff. But yep. I'm just like imagining that. Yeah. And it's drama on her. Oh. Yup. Yeah, it sucks how much I see my family members and those family members, and I'm like, oh yeah, that that mm-hmm. shit's real. That shit's real as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. But oh fuck, it's. I loved. I did really enjoy like the portrayal. Like, I mean, the portrayal of like of uh, Mirabel's dad being like, I was protecting my daughter. Like, like. Oh, yeah. It's like, what, like you're supposed to be protecting the family. I was protecting my daughter. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, oh, and it's it's just one of those things where you're like, <laughs> they don't realize just how cutting their words are, or like yeah. how exclusionary that sentence is. Yeah, because obviously Abuela does not consider Mirabel part of the family with the way. Yeah, she spoke there, but like, oh. Yep. Dad, coming in with the defense, just like I got you. Like, it's one of those things that honestly felt well, I really wanted weird. in a childhood, you know. <laughs> I feel like that is also very cathartic because it's one of those things where it's just like it's coming from a character that you almost wish it could have come from, like in your own life. Sometimes, yes. It's like, what if there is that moment of like where my parents were to stick up for me in a situation like that and not mm-hmm. just be like okay I'm deferring to my own mother right yeah no, it's oh. it's 100% just yeah that sort of I think, I think it weirdly fantasy like, yeah it weirdly goes oh. back to what I think we were what, what I was like mentioning in the beginning where it's like even though it's one of those things where it's like if you think about it in in a daily life context, holy crap, is that not relaxing? But for some reason, when you can c- not control it, but when you have that semblance of like, I know what I'm expecting when it comes into this movie, and I know what I'm prepared for, and I want to feel these emotions willingly because I'm letting this happen as I watch the movie or whatever. This is mm-hmm. like, I think that's definitely why it makes it a yeah. comfort movie. It's easily. I'm sad that I've only seen it once. I need to watch it again more. I've like yeah. I've been having so many Tumblr posts sent to me of like different like tiny little things. And one of my favorite things is the fact that Mirabel points with her lips 
the same way as, as I've seen so many times. Like when she's talking to Antonito and like in the in, underneath the bed and like giving him his present, right? Like she's like, oh, like open your present, oh, and she like points yes. with her lips, and it's like, yes. oh my god, like I didn't even realize like that's something that I see all the time that just doesn't get represented. Like those little mannerisms, those little things of just like how how like 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 Hispanos and Latinos talk, man, like and they interact, yeah. and it just felt weirdly natural. Yeah. No, it was oh damn it, it was just so good. And then obviously, like since I wear glasses, I was just very excited to mm -hmm. see someone in glasses. I think yeah. I think Mirabel... And I also I love that I think that, that was like requested from mm -hmm. like a kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, and they did it. Disney did it. Like where where are the glasses? And I'm like a princess with glasses. Yes, mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, I really, I really think they did a a very good design with Mirabelle's design in general, because it's it's not like a oh hey this is a a ethnic design. It's very much more like a I know at least like twenty five twenty five people that that set that sem like somewhat look like Mirabelle. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's just, like, it's very one of those relatable characters that seems like a real design, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. No, for sure. I just, I loved the character designs Everything. of this whole movie because, yeah, it, like, has not just, like, the uh, is it Latinx or is it Latina? Like, La, uh, is the I can't remember which one's like the proper. I've always heard now. Latinx, but recently I've heard um, Latine. Yeah. Yeah. So recently, I've been we'll hearing more Latine. Yeah. I'm, so I'm personally don't know which one. Mm -hmm. Um, but like also just showcase that yeah, there's like for Latinos out there. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy about that. I really was. I was like, yeah, I got family members like that too, and it's like, I'm like yes. Absolutely. Like, like yo. Oh. Representation, people. And it I'm, matters. And you got to admit, like, like I'm sure you've also been on tic certain parts of TikTok like I have been. A lot of people are simping over over some of those characters. And it's like, it's like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. All of a sudden, you get, all of a sudden, you get one Afro-Latino and, and everybody's in the Afro-Latinos all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm-hmm, they've been around like, mm -hmm. oh, but you need one Disney movie, and all of a sudden, but you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate, I'm not gonna hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just finally understand why we like our women. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, oh, like one of my favorite things was I read an article where um, they had to fight to make Louisa like her muscular mm -hmm. body because they wanted her to be like, you know, like Isabella, like, mm -hmm. or. Yeah. And Mirabelle, you know, classically beautiful. And so, because mm -hmm. um, they were like, no one's going to want to buy like a muscular woman. And then her toys are outselling Isabella's. I don't think they're quite outselling Mirabelle's, obviously, but like the fact that she's outselling like, Isabella and some of the other ones. I'm like, hey, yeah, hmm, how about that? How about some... that? Different body types, Disney. Yup. Yep. Get on it! Wow, who knew that when you you know have body uh, uh, body diversity, 
and you know like just in general diversity who knew that like a bunch of people would like that what's fucking crazy right? crazy dude it's crazy just crazy to think about mm-hmm. it's like what ha- could you imagine how popular certain media would be if it like just the representation of the characters were just a little bit more like body inclusive right like oh just, uh, I was watching. Um, there's this great YouTube show mm-hmm. um, that I, or channel that I follow. That mm. if you haven't watched it yet, I think you should. It's called Cinema Therapy, mm. and it's basically a licensed therapist and then a filmmaker like watch movies and kind of discuss. Um, That's interesting. Break down the characters, like therapy wise. Mm-hmm. Like they had a whole breakdown of like Loki and like narcissism, you know, things like that. I but like that. Goodwill Hunting, like they do the whole gamut. And so they did one on, um, it was for like Valentine's Day. So it was like romantic tropes, like rom com tropes mm-hmm. they hate. Um, and one of the ones was obviously like, um, sort of the the transformation you know so like Mm -hmm. oh she's a girl with glasses obviously she's not beautiful but oh take those glasses off and she's gorgeous all of a sudden that kind of makeover but like they also brought up little mermaid and her whole transformation Mm -hmm. thing but like obviously they were showing scenes from little mermaid and then they went off on their own little tangent about just how wonderful ursula was and so they're showing like all of these little things of Ursula, and I'm like, yeah, Ursula's fucking fabulous. Yeah. But I just love that, like, Ursula has back rolls, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah, for real, she, honestly. And she has no issues with it. She's, like, has nothing. She's. Just, oh, she loves herself and knows queen. her own fucking <laughs> power. Like, she's obviously a bad bitch, but, like, yeah. I love that bad bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Just... That's, really... That's what I strive to be. Not like evil person trying to like take over yeah. the world, but just someone that's comfortable in like a like my a, body, like a like a Peck or a Maxine. No, yes. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> no, uh, that's funny. Like it's, oh my god, it's funny that you bring up like. I I think I would really like that idea of cinema therapy, like analyzing the characters, because kind of also jumping back to like the idea of comfort shows this was something that i realized that is really weirdly comforting to me during 2020 i found this out when i was like inside in quarantine and shit like that i found a a a a psychologist like and he's a he's a uh he's a psychologist at like a chicago university and he does youtube videos analyzing and breaking down the relationships in 90 day fiance and stuff like that <gasps> and he really like goes into it there's like parts and parts and parts like he's and like even mo- like as he starts all of them he literally goes like just so you guys know this is literally this is literally at a shallow level because i do not i have not spoken to either of them i would need to speak to them in like a very specific setting to be able to ascertain certain things but like behaviorally the things that they're doing he's a he's specifically a relationship uh couples counselor and he, he fantastic and he breaks down like he breaks down like like the whole big ed thing and like a bunch of like 
Like, he goes through a bunch of the different relationships in 90 Day Fiancé, and I have no idea why that was some of the most comforting things that I ever no, watched during quarantine. <laughs> oh, it's so enjoyable, because, like, cinema therapy, they also will break down relationships and things mm -hmm. like that. Like, they tear apart the Twilight series, which is just, like... Yes. Great. Um, but, like... When the whole pandemic started, because I used to watch, like, reality shows mm -hmm. like that, like, once the pandemic started, like, there was just kind of a shift in my head, and I just can't do stupid shows like that, because yeah. they're, like, they're just not genuine. Yeah. Like, no reality show no, is true. No, no. Like, it's all bullshit, and I think just this pandemic has shown that I just need something genuine like i'll still watch some of those dumbass like another comfort thing is like stupid ghost shows oh like, those are fun those are good comfort i um would watch like ghost adventures with like my sister or my aunt and mm -hmm. we would just literally make fun of the show while we're watching it because yeah. it's fucking stupid it has never been good it has always been stupid oh, if yeah. you like ghost adventures that's fine but you you need to admit that most of their shit is bullshit, and them holding a chair above their head screaming at ghosts isn't really going to make ghosts come out. Like, Yeah, I used to love watch, for the same reason, making fun of them. Like, yeah. uh, watching Ghost Hunters, and my my favorite one was the cryptid one, Destination Truth. Oh my god, yes! The cryptid one was always my favorite one, because it was the same formula, it's the same stuff as the Ghost Hunter guys, except they're in the jungles. And they're looking yeah. for, like, you know, like, the Chula Chalky or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's the whole reason why I have like a fucking Discovery Plus subscription. Like, wait, it's still so there. So we can watch. They still have do you like if you've got Amazon, you can do. It's like five bucks a month. Yo, thank you for letting like, me know. Get on that shit because <laughs> they have so many like stupid fucking shows. Like some of my favorite are like the really dumb ones that do the recreation. Like there's one that's just called like These Woods Are Haunted, mm -hmm. and so it's literally just about people either camping in the woods or like in the woods or yeah. in a cabin in the woods and like weird random shit happens like some guy was like i was chased by a yeti <laughs> fucking terrifying what is and it... then like the recreations are just oh god why so do... dumb why does it sound like that is the literal show where you would hear that stereotypical old ass thing from like from family guy where it's just like so you were attacked by bigfoot so i was trying to bone my girlfriend and then bigfoot came along and she said there was no way <laughs> like that just sounds like literally the show where that shit exists 100 <laughs> 100 that was fucking ridiculous oh my god have you ever watched uh what is it like celebrity like, ghost stories Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Harry Fisher was on that show one time. Right? Oh my god, I think Aziz Ansari was on that show once, talking about how his apartment was on it or some shit. Dude, like, so many, like, B and C-list celebrities, and then every now and then they throw in, like, an A-list one, and you're just, like, so confused, and you're like, the fuck? Like, what? What? <laughs> Excuse me? Like, like, excuse me, you believe in ghosts? I don't know if I want to watch your movies. No, I'm just hey, kidding. sir, 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 sir. <laughs> I'm that weird, well, I don't want to say weird, but like, I'm like 98% positive, like, ghosts are bullshit. Mm -hmm. 
because most of the stuff they show, I'm like, that's easily faked. That's like easily debunkable. But there's mm-hmm. like just a teeny tiny like little percent that I'm like, we haven't found an explanation yet. Yeah. Or some you know, shit could, could be I don't. On. I don't believe in traditional ghosts. But there is one thing that lets me think that scientifically something could exist like that. Which is like just a simple fact, at least to me, maybe someone can disprove me wrong or whatever. But like energy can't be destroyed, right? Like like if it like humor me here with this train of thought. Energy can't be destroyed. And theoretically everything is just a transfer of energy. So for example, when you eat food and literally you move around that's you using the energy and that's putting it out into the world you're not technically destroying the energy when you move something you're pushing it and moving it into something else in that same way having emotions takes energy and having emotions and and thinking thoughts and all that brain process takes physical literal energy and we have to create it like with our bodies and then expel it in different ways I highly doubt that we literally shit out our emotions and things like that. But what happens to the energy that was created through something like extreme trauma or extreme sadness or something like that? Maybe there's some way that we don't know that that energy gets transferred into something else or represented in some other form. Because there's no way that if we are creating energy with our emotions that that energy gets destroyed. It has to go somewhere regardless of whether it's something that's sentient most likely not most likely it's not but i'm just saying i don't believe in ghosts but energy has to go somewhere could be that's a good point could be something how much of my sadness is floating around in the sewers because these tissues soaked up my tears yo that's a good <laughs> like could you literally quantify how much energy having an emotion costs. That would be the real question. (laughs) Well, like, there has to be a way. Because it's like, you can measure how much energy you burn through the day by counting your calories and quantifying that. Oops. And quantifying (laughs) that. Ha ha! Ha! Yo, first one of the podcast. Awesome. Ha ha! Not gonna edit that. (laughs) <laughs> I am I'm the first offender to the not uh to the not silencing my phone. <laughs> I don't even I'm one of those people I don't even know what my ringtone sounds like because my phone has been on silent mode for the last 10 fucking years. You know normally that is the case for me too. I don't know why my phone is on. <laughs> <laughs> Like, normally that's the case. It's been on vibrate all day. I keep it on vibrate at work, too, so I'm, I don't know why it's on. Uh, sorry about that. The days I hate, though, like, when it's on vibrate, but, like, I'll accidentally touch it, and so then it's, like, dead silent. Like, it's... So then I'm like, oh, wow. Like, look at my phone, like, a few hours later, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are all these notifications? Yeah. Who fucking <laughs> died? For real, right? <laughs> oh. Oh, God. So. But, yeah, that that was... That's pretty funny. Yeah, the, but before before we derail, well, technically not even re- derailing, but uh, just jump to another black hole. Just jumping to another black hole. That's a good point. We're not technically yeah. derailing. We're just jumping around. Yeah, and that's we're just jumping around. That's fine. But yeah, the it's at least to me, energy exists. Energy's got to exist somewhere. But I don't know what that is. 
that doesn't mean that it's you know traditionally what people think is ghosts or anything but it could be something is the point <laughs> yeah i always loved the idea which um i don't know if i guess it originally started with sci-fi books but i feel like that's where most of our like random ass ideas start from this is books but like the idea of just parallel universes yeah like especially like when they showcase that in loki with like the round yep circle i like the idea because it's 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 the idea of like parallel universes but even in the idea of parallel universes there are different thoughts or schools of thought right it's like okay would it be like with the birth of a universe there is the technically infinite birth of every other one or are they only the result of every possible branch off of a central point right because it's like Like, okay yeah (laughs) is there a universe where we have a red sun like krypton maybe 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 technically what do we have we have a yellow star yeah we have a yellow star Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember what burns hotter the red stars burn harder hotter Blue stars burn hotter than that. White star than that, I think. Like blue, like... I don't know. Have you ever seen one of those galactic scales where, like, they, like, start scaling up to see, like, the planet sizes and how big they are in comparison to each other? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen, Mm -hmm. like, our closest neighboring blue star versus our own sun? It's, it's mind-boggling in size. It's like, if theoretically we could fit, like, hundreds of thousands of Earths inside of the sun, you could fit, like, millions of our sun in that one star. Yeah. Like, trying to, like, envision the size, something that, like, you can't really do. Like, even describing it that way, where it's like, ooh, like, a million Earths can fit in our sun, mm-hmm. and then, like, ten million suns can fit... And this sun, you're there's like, not a way for you to physically. You're like, but my brain is still like having trouble like computing what yeah. that would look like, because fucking space is magical. It's like, like, you know, like there, there's. I don't think there's a actual limit, like size wise, on how much a human brain can imagine. Like, there's no storage space. There's not like a set limit on how much you can remember. But at the right. same time. Even with that in in mind, to think that we can't even physically comprehend how large that is. I just... Man. I think that's why I've always been fascinated with space, is just the unending mystery of it. Because Mm -hmm. even, like, what we know about space is just, like, pinhead. Yeah. It's very funny to me when that, like, colloquial thing of oh, we know more about space than we do about our own oceans. It's like, technically we do, but that doesn't mean we know everything about space because there's way more to know about space than our oceans. So much more <laughs> to know about space. Like, so much more. Damn. And it's it's, it's not, tech. I, I don't know, like, a lot of people think of it as a maybe depressing thought, but I think of it more as a, like, humbling thought maybe. Where, yeah. where, like, there is a certain limit of space that we as humans will probably never be able to see, observe, or pay attention to. It is too far out, too far gone, 
And by the time the light would reach us, we wouldn't even know if those places had already burned out to yes. to in, infinite for all we know the center of the universe could have already burned out hundreds of thousands of years ago and we just wouldn't know it because little by little all the stars are barely still showing up and for another hundreds of thousands of years of of expansion we're just going to see those lights fade out ever so often and before that even happens we'll probably still either have our own sun implode or mm -hmm. drift so far out that we no longer can attach ourselves to the gravity of the center of the universe. So yeah. when you think about it, nothing matters. We're all going to die at some point. We're probably never going to see anything. But yeah, at the same it's... time, who cares? Yeah, to me, it's kind of a comfort because I kind of, I guess, go by like Carl Sagan mm -hmm. logic. Yeah. Because he's, he was a wonderful human being. But like, Give us a wonderful know that like the cosmos. you're here in this vastness never ending space on this tiny little blue dot floating in this endless void you're here like you've got your time and I think that's again one of the other things that sort of clicked for me during this pandemic is like I'm really tired of living my life for other people, like for yeah. the pleasure of other people, like their benefit, like, yeah, like needing to please all these people to like me because of my trauma. I'm still unlearning this because mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hardwired in here. And so it's going to, it's going to take some time to unwire it, but like, well, like Carl Sagan that's why. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just I'm gonna live my life as best I can and just do makes me happy. So like right now my work's getting like forty five percent work capacity from me. Like that's how much <laughs> energy you're getting. You're not getting a hundred percent. You're getting forty five percent. Like hey, honestly, and I'm still doing a good fucking job at forty five percent. So y'all can say, suck it. Yeah, I'm like, if you if your job requires only forty five percent of your actual focus, then you know, more power to you. Yeah. And I, I had think... so many jobs where I gave like a hundred and ten percent and got nothing for it. Other than like that's that's pat on the back and then more work because they knew I would fucking do it to try and please them and I'm just like yeah I'm over that <laughs> yeah Lord. hey I wonder what you know that might bring up an interesting topic for next podcast oh do tell so as uh, like kind of kind of going off of what you're what you're saying it's like there's not a need to like really like I do agree with what you're saying, the, the the sentiment of not wanting to, or realizing that you don't have to live for other people, that kind of stuff, right? I wonder, for next week, right, what would be, what would be something that would be beneficial to let go of? Oh. Like, something that, yeah, like, it doesn't have to be super specific, but, like, what would something that you feel would you would benefit from 
or I'm sorry, what would something that you could let go of be that you feel that you would be able to benefit from overall and it doesn't even have to be super heavy yeah that's a that's a good fucking question well with that question and with uh with your wonderful thoughts on the end i think that might be a uh great way to wrap up this first uh podcast here yeah so i'd like to uh thank you benny and thank everybody listening for checking us out and we will be back next week with hopefully in uh our respective thoughts to the answer to that question and some more tangenting goodness <laughs> oh my yeah. god thank you so much for uh an enjoyable first podcast uh i hope everyone liked it and um yeah if you've got questions you want to throw at us let us know on social media or yeah. if you have rebuttals to any um received garris slander please <laughs> feel free yep if you uh, let us know if you let us know anywhere on socials that uh, again go ahead and follow us at the podcast on black hole tangents on twitter and instagram if you want to let us know any questions uh we ho- hopefully once we get a couple more are hoping to uh, start featuring some questions on the show and uh, answering some stuff for you guys so looking forward to that well have yeah. a safe evening everybody Guys, take care, stay safe, and um, yeah, that's it. Just be safe, guys. (laughs)